We'll have our traditional Friday discussion with my friend, Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management. And, and I just woke up with this question. Does the U.S. economy stand a chance? So we'll talk about that. But, and I do think we're going to see a Republican wave for what that's worth. Be better to have a Christian conservative wave because then that would be worth a lot. But I think we might be building up to a war in the Democrat Party. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. What say you, Bernie Sanders? You know, it's funny. Sometimes American journalists talk about how bad a country is because people are lining up for food. That's a good thing. In other countries, people don't line up for food. The rich get the food and the poor starve to death. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. That is a real quote that was really Biden screaming about food lines. Talk about that more with my friend Zach Abraham, Bulwark Capital Management, partner of this show. In fact, the partner of the hour of this show. Zach, welcome back. Hey, man. Good to be back. And, and, uh, this is a special edition. I, I was telling you before we came on, I'm glad there's no video feed uh, because I look a little less than <laughs> a little less than standard. I'm battling the Kung Fu flu, man. <laughs> well, at least you don't have the uh, mRNA injected version of the Kung Fu flu, which is uh, which is supercharged. So you and your family, it's uh, you guys OK? Are you going to live through it? Oh, no, we're doing great. So the funny thing is. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Yesterday is when we all took the test. No, 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 no. Excuse me. So uh, Tuesday night, we took the test. Yeah. Me and my daughter and my son came up positive. We didn't even test my, my, my youngest son because he had the symptoms too, but no big deal. Runny nose. So my wife had a, my wife had a girls weekend plan. So she was going to cancel it. And I said, no, 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 we, we got it. So yesterday me and the kids were just bombs, you know, in the living room. We never left <laughs> lounging all over the couches. We we decided to make a party out of it, and uh, my daughter was actually my daughter was actually excited about it. Um, so anyway, we're making the best out of it. Ordering Uber Eats and just being bums and uh, having a good time. Well, I know it's been really serious for some people, and you know I don't mean to make light of it. Yeah, if you, have, if you have comorbid conditions, man, it can be scary. There's a couple listeners we have. Um, I got a guy listens to the show. Had his life saved by ivermectin, um, and another guy he swears it was um, hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Uh, and then I got some people who couldn't get any of that and grace of God saved them. Um, so I know it's very serious. Most people, it's like a flu. Um, you know, it, it's disappointing in a way that you and I are not injected because then we can't say I've tested positive for COVID-19. I'm following the public health authorities guidelines and staying home and self quarantining. I'm very, very thankful to have been double vaxxed and quadruple boosted um, so that the symptoms are not worse. Did I get that right? Was that roughly the, what you're supposed to stay? Well, yeah, but I gotta, I gotta divulge something here, man. So I'm on the waiting list that, that where, where you, I don't know, you probably haven't even heard of this yet, but I'm on the waiting list to get a booster pump installed where I'm getting a 24 hour feed of these things, man. There you go. Yeah. Why? I'm going to, I'm going to live on this stuff. man. I love it. Why stop at 42 trillion cytotoxic um, spike proteins when you could have 420 trillion? Uh, it's, it's bizarre. I'm, I'm watching. I, I don't know if you saw this since it's a financial thing, but well, I, I assume you did the, the, there's an independent watchdog group. We talked about this earlier this week uh, that have come out and said, Oh yeah, it's, it's only um, $36 million in, in secret payments to, um, to the CD or NIH scientists. Just, just drop that in their lap. Um, and there's, you can't have any, you know, perverse incentives when the people at the National Institute of Health are actually getting paid uh, by big pharma. And it's secret now Rochelle Walensky's come out and said, yeah, ah, that could look bad. That's, that's sort of a, an appearance of impropriety. <laughs> that looks that looks kind of bad. 
Um, I, I cannot imagine anything nastier or dirtier than big pharma getting to pay big bureaucrats for big decisions. It's it's astonishing graft. It, it is, but I mean, this is the way. And I don't need to tell you. I mean, you've been in the belly of the beast, but um, I, again, you know, I, I just go back to as 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 corrupt and as much of a stacked deck as you think it is. Uh, it's not the half of it. I mean, I honestly, corruption has become a way of life in this in this this economy. Meaning, if you took the graft and you took the hustle and the nonsense out of it, I mean, look at and I, look, there's some true believers in this, but like, look at Bitcoin, for example. Okay, so for years we've made we've made good money on Bitcoin trading it, but but having very tight stops and risk ranges on it, never never using probably more than 2% of our clients' portfolio because it's risky. But one of the reasons we never doubled down on all these guys are saying, hey, man, this is the way, this is how you protect against inflation. And I just asked a really simple question, which was, how do you know? Bitcoin has never been through an inflationary period. <laughs> That's a good okay? question. So here we are. <clears throat> so here we are, a year after inflation really starts to ramp, the U.S. dollar is at 22-year highs, and Bitcoin's down 50%. So, <laughs> and, 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 my, and my whole point in saying is that not every guy that said Bitcoin was the ultimate way to shield yourself against inflation, not every guy was lying. A lot of them probably believe that. But there's a big contingent that were just saying that to pump the stuff, right, to make money. Yeah. And this kind of this underlines my, my message of, you know, when you hear these guys making these prognostications, you know, they're worth the paper they're written on because you don't know. Bitcoin's been around for like 10 years or 12 years. How do you know what it does? And yet these guys pump this stuff and tell you with all this confidence, this is how you're going to protect yourself. It's just all nonsense. Reminds me of the uh, great discussion uh, Ben Stein had with uh, Dick Dawkins, pardon me, Richard Dawkins, um, the atheist who wrote the blind clockmaker yep. or blind watchmaker. And he was um, saying... Um, at one point, Richard Dawkins reduced himself to saying, well, I mean, it, it might be that space aliens created us and it might be an incredibly smart, uh, brilliant race of space aliens who created, who created life here. We Because he was, Ben Stein forced him to get down to the, well, but how did it all start? How did it begin? And Ben Stein said, so who created the aliens? <laughs> I, I don't know, but it would have been Darwinian evolution. So you've made up a race of aliens you don't know exist, but you know it would be Darwinian evolution. I, it's, it's remarkable the way this stuff lines up. Well, and then, and, then, and then there's this intellectual arrogance about it where we laugh at people that you know, believe in an almighty uh, creator. And then they ascribe virtually the same exact powers and ability to a race of aliens, and that's plausible, but a divine God isn't, right? right. Like you're just kind of sitting there going, oh my goodness, guys, we're just rearranging words here. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, it the is. height of arrogance. And hey, so speaking of rearranging up. words, you got to hear this, a uh, couple things. Since we're on the uh, topic of, of faith in God Almighty, um, this might change your mind since you're money manager at Bulwark Capital Management. You're not. You're the chief investment officer. But since you steward people's money, um, I might be changing your mind about abortion here. Janice Yellen. Uh, Janet Yellen had thoughts on, on abortion. If the draft of the court's majority holding in Roe versus Way is the actual decision, what impact will the loss of abortion access mean economically for women? Well, I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects um, on the economy. So I'm sorry, are you, <laughs> I'm looking at you, are you persuaded? <laughs> are you are, are you pro-abort? But I mean, look, you're, you're, you, you manage a fund, you better get on board with the abortions. Hey, so <clears throat> these people have the worst forecasting record in markets. I mean, literally, if you fade the Federal Reserve at any of these terms, like that is the road to guaranteed riches. It really, if there's like a safe trade, you just fade them at market terms. And, and now they're taking on climate change. And now 
they're taking on reproductive rights. It truly is a case of falling upward, right? I mean, you've been so wrong that we're going to put more power and, and, and more decision-making responsibility into your hands. Um, I, I mean, you can't make, and not only that, but it's complete nonsense. Meaning if you want to look at it on a GDP level, one of the most stimulative things you can do to an economy is have more kids. Okay, so this is once again, and that's just a fact, guys, right? Like birth, it, 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 it's, it's one of the things that fueled the growth in our economy from the 80s to the 90s. It was the, it was the baby boom generation, right? Biggest generation in history, and they all started having kids. And when you have kids, we call that in economics, we call that household formation stage. People that have kids are more desperate to work, right? So typically they take on multiple jobs and you get increased economic activity. This is where you watch them. And, and this is, Todd, this is economics 101. She knows this. This is where you watch them twist the facts to suit a narrative, to go along with, it. I mean, that's complete nonsense. Now, you could make the argument. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to make this argument, but you could make the argument that that may impact quality of life for women, right? You, may, you, you can make that argument. You cannot make the argument that it would be a drag economically. That just doesn't fly with anything that we know about economics. Well, it's, of course, uh, as is always the case, where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. She's also open borders. So, so, so let's have families. Let's have families come across the border, or trafficked children come across the border. Let's fill up our country that way. But let's kill all the babies that we can of people born here. It's it's remarkable. Um, I'm reminded of this. I'm reading because we're getting ready for our big events, and Zach is going to be there speaking. Uh, gosh, it's it's gosh. Today's Friday. It's this coming Friday, May twentieth in Bothell, Washington. Get tickets at the ToddHermanShow.com/events. Um, I'm reading the prophets. A lot of them. I'm reading Jeremiah, um, and he says this: Jeremiah six fourteen to fifteen. They dress the wound of my people as though it was not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. <laughs> this is, he's, it, you can go look at that and say, does anyone um, in D.C., can they even manifest shame in themselves? And and I don't think they can. I got to play this for you. This is the full thing. You were talking about, we're just rearranging words. This is the figurehead. This is not last year. This isn't two years ago. This is the figurehead today ranting about food shortages. Remember those long lines you'd see in a television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget people were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. Forget it. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. <laughs> does, does, does he have any cognitive awareness of what's going on under his regime? No, no. I, I, I think he thinks, I, I, he's like, I think he thinks he's a Disney world. Yeah, I, and maybe he doesn't even know where he is. All, all I know is that if you are, you can rage about the price of food and all this kind of stuff, it's what does this trace back to? It traces back to energy policy and just the complete lack thereof. And if you won't even name what the problem is, and you've heard me, Todd, I feel like I've been pretty even-handed about this. He didn't create the entire energy issue. Yeah, he didn't. This has been building for years. Um, but he hasn't addressed it and he wants to blame it on all these other things because he can't come out and say what the problem is because he will alienate the extreme left. And you sit there and go, look, if he won't even name what the real issue is, then good luck trying to fix the problems. I mean, it's, and it gets really frustrating because you get in these discussions, especially when it involves economics and the global economy, you get into these discussions where Political, political ideology has nothing to do with it, right? So why do you have food shortages? You have food shortages as a direct result of energy shortages. And he's going to say it's the evil companies. And I go, because companies don't want to sell more energy and make more money? <laughs> but I, I mean, what are, what are you talking about? 
The reason that they're not pumping more is because you're suppressing the price of energy and they don't want to increase supply because they'll crash the price again. It's just economic self-interest. And not only that, but you demonized them. You got 100 to 120 banks or something like that around the world that have signed pledges to freeze these guys out of capital markets, to not do investment banking with them. So what are they doing when they're a pariah, when they're being ostracized and attacked? They're going to sit back and build up their cash so they can weather the storm. That isn't evil. That's called, that's called fulfilling their fiduciary responsibility to shareholders. I mean, it's, it's just so crazy. Like I said, we won't even say what the problem is because it's not politically expedient. And then at the same time, we turn around and trust these people to fix the problem. I mean, good luck. Well, this is just child's play. In defense of the figurehead, I mean, and this is from the debates with Trump. He also is, he has a f- fiduciary responsibility to his owners. False. Would you close it's down the oil industry? Way, I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I would transition. That, it is a big statement. That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But <laughs> That's a big statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement. Because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. And so now we've got Putin 19. Now it doesn't need to be over time. Now he's canceled. I just read this morning that he's canceled oils, uh, oil and energy leases in Mexico that we had. So we can't do it here. Yeah. And, and now he won't pay Mexico to do it there. Yeah, no, it, it's. And there's some back and forth. So a couple of those leases were actually granted by the federal government. And they were kicked back by the court. But yeah, I mean, once again, I, you know, I, I, what I think is fair to say is that on an instant or, or on a government wide level and on a policy level, I, I, a lot of this stuff is just kind of window dressing, but they have done absolutely nothing to address this issue. And if anything, They've simply made it worse. Um, again, I don't, I'm not one of these people that I, I got to get it right on an economic level. And you and I have talked about this before. So I don't have the right to just go off on you know political ideology because yeah. it'll get us killed. But, um, but no, it's just it, it's complete nonsense. They will not do anything that addresses the issue because it's just politically, it's just not expedient. And people are going to die from it. Uh, people are going to get killed from it. I mean, it's just. It's so frustrating. So my friend Jason is a farmer, and he had a question for you. Um, a question for Zach. Will the feds do all they can to keep the economy somewhat stable for midterm elections? Because lots of people do not realize, he talks here about, about energy, is the cost of diesel right now. Diesel moves freight. Cost of freight going through the roof. More inflation this summer on goods. And this is a guy, he's in the business of growing food and flowers and shipping it around the world, um, his machines, almost all of them run on diesel. So I think that's a smart question. Do you think they're going to try to stabilize everything to get the figurehead reelected or or to to save them in the midterms, I should say? Yeah, yes, 100%. That's the one thing that we've been telling people is, and, and one of the things we're watching very closely, is the Fed is talking very tough on inflation, uh, they're saying they're going to raise interest rates. They have already to some degree. Um, and that's kind of resulting in exactly the thing that we thought would happen, which is a lot of these tech stocks that are going to get washed out and get blown up. Um, <clears throat> but it, there is a max pain level. And, and one of the reasons I say that is just the simple, I, I'm a student of history, especially military and economic history. And when you look at governments that are put in these places, they will always choose inflation because they can, they can pad it. They can dress it up in a different box. When the economy crashes and there are no jobs and there's no food, you can't dress that up, right? That's a, that's a depressionary level event. So we've got to remember that in economics, you, you, you've got to, you, you know, you've got deflation or you've got inflation. Inflation is always the path they choose because then they can sit there and go, well, yeah, but look at the value of your home. Look at the value of your 401k, right? They, there's stuff that they can do. Inflation is the classic frog in the water, right? Cognitive dissonance is on your side, where when you have a depressionary collapse, it's just done, right? I mean, it's just, it's just ash, it's just smolders, right? Um, you can massage an inflationary environment. You know, you can throw out numbers where, where we're like, we grew the economy by 5.5% last quarter. And you're like, well, yeah, but you had 9% inflation. 
which means you've got 4% real negative growth. But what is the average Joe out there that the Democrats sit there and go, the economy's roaring. Look at that. We've got 5.4% growth. Well, yeah, prices were accelerating at, eight, at a 10% rate. So th- this is not good. But what I'm saying is you can just, you can massage an inflationary environment and spin it so much easier than you can a deflationary collapse. So that's, that's what they're going to do. All right. So that's the game. And, and, oh, and, all, and also, yeah. And also talk with your farmer, your farmer friend. It's even worse than that. Ask him what he's paying for fertilizer. Oh, he right? So he's that. got a, oh yeah, it's, it's yeah. a double whammy. It is. And I'm going to ask you in a second, and I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Uh, this big question I began with is... Uh, look, does the U.S. economy stand a chance? It's a big question. Zach Abraham will answer that for us. All right, so I, I am a guy who digs routine. And, man, this is weird for me because I, I, I the older I get, the more routine I have. I've got this. Uh, there's a pizza place I head down to at once a week, every week. Uh, it's called um, it's Embers on the Lake. And it's in a town called Hauser. And in, in fact, I'm such a creature of habit. They've, they've created a pizza there named that for me called the Herminator. So if you're ever, <laughs> Zach, you got to come and have this pizza pie. Um, first of all, it's this beautiful location. It's down on Hauser Lake, uh, which is outside of Post Falls. And there's a pizza there. Truly, you can go ask for the Herminator. It's in their system um, and they can make it for you. I'm a creature of habit when I wake up. I'm a creature of habit now in coffee. I have it down. So I got the 5% lifetime discount on Bone Frog Coffee, a subscription service that's unique to this show that is only for the Todd Herman Show audience. No one else gets 5% lifetime discount. Here's the way I roll. So first thing in the morning, I have the Sons of Valor. This is a medium dark roast. It's got a great picture of a Navy SEAL in it. The founder of Bone Frog Coffee, Tim, is a 25-year Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL. Proceeds from this company go to support the, the families of, of the warriors who gave their lives for this country. Every bag says God country team on it. This is a great picture of a famous Navy SEAL on the front. That's the morning roast. Lunchtime, I go to the Frogman. This is the dark roast because it's lunchtime where my first six cups of coffee start to fade. I'm about 1,200 milligrams of coffee in or caffeine in by noon. So I go to the dark roast. This is the Frogman roast, the iconic Frogman. The medium roast for me, this is a Sunday morning thing before church. And that for me is about 4.45 a.m. Evening, I dig me the Zen Frog Light Roast. Okay. All of this is available in any delivery method you want, whether it be drip, espresso bean, normal bean, however you like to take it, or even the K-cup. What's unique is because of the relationship between us and Bone Frog, you get a lifetime 5% discount that you cannot get anywhere else. You go to bonefrog.us. Don't Google it. Don't do the .com thing. The address you use is bonefrog.us. God country team. And yeah, they are one of the companies, by the way, who has stepped up to purchase a block of tickets to our event coming up May 20th, this coming Friday. You can get your own tickets at thetoddhermershow.com slash events. So Zach, that's a big question. Um, is the U.S. economy, is it, uh, does it stand a chance? That's not a, that's kind of a big one. Yeah. Uh, that's your job. Yeah. Man. That's your job. Yeah. No, I hear you. Well, um, yes and no, in the sense that um, I am an endless believer in the ingenuity of the American people and the American economy. Um, if let loose and if freed to do what they do, um, and if they're not ostracized, and split off from, from investment markets and things like this, the American energy machine, it's going to take a couple years probably. Right. Um, and, and again, you're going to have structurally high energy prices in our view going forward. Uh, and it's just kind of a structure, a, a, a product of a lot of the cheapest oil in the world has been used. And so you got to go to places where, Hey, there's tons of oil, there's no shortage, but it's going to be a little more expensive to, to, to extract. Uh, steel and all these other things, it's, you know, they go into drilling oil wells. It's gotten significantly more expensive. Um, but I, to me, it's all about what you do from here. And the other thing I think is that, you know, something that we know, and this lines up biblically, Todd, is that the bill always comes due. And when you look at policy decisions really since the financial crisis, 
Um, we had a period of time from 2009 to 2019 of below trend economic growth. And to offset that, we were printing and pumping money like a whole aircraft carrier full of drunken sailors. And now the bill is coming due where I think, and this isn't an extreme view. This is just, hey, you do this over here, the bill is going to come due over here. What's going to the bill be? I think it's going to be above trend inflation for the next 15 to 20 years. And I think that's going to be the story. I think, like I've said a hundred times, I think it's going to be like the 70s. Now, you've got a potential for this getting much more painful because the imbalances in the economy, the levels of debt, the, the, the rates at which that debt is financed at is, you know, the imbalances are much greater than they were heading into the 70s, courtesy of the Federal Reserve uh, and U.S. government largesse. But um, can it be saved? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think as long as we are Americans, it can be saved. Can it be saved pursuing the policies that the current regime is pursuing? Absolutely not. I mean, that it, it, like I've always said, I am a firm believer that we will get to a sensible energy policy. The question to me is, how much pain will it take? Because that is the only thing that is going to break this. These people will drive this bus right into the ground. And if they have their way, you'll see $300 oil, right? It's where is that pain point where the American consumer goes, look, I no longer care about your ideology. I can't pay my power bill. You're out, right? When that happens, I, we can get back to normal. And I think we can get back to normal fairly quick. There will be sustained higher inflation no matter what. It's the restructuring of the global uh, 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 economy. But, um, <clears throat> you know, that sounds like an easy fix. I don't really know that it is because, like I said, you've got this extreme wing on the left that they their energy policy is suicidal. And as long as leaders are beholden to that, we've got problems. It's a funny thing that you mentioned suicide, because uh, before I say this, I want to remind everybody uh, that the Lord God is not surprised by any of this. None of this has caught him off guard. At no point has he said, wow, that that Tom Steyer, he really he he he. he outfoxed me here or the Soros man. I didn't see Soros coming. God sees everything. Um, all the decisions, all the dark room stuff that's going to be shouted from the rooftops, all the lies. They're going to shout it from the rooftops. They're going to sit in front of the throne of judgment and the, the King, the Lord Jesus is going to say to Janet Yellen. So when you said kill my babies because of the, the economy, can you help me understand that a little bit better, Janet? Uh, or he might just say, depart from me, I've never known you, um, into eternal damnation. So I say that uh, as, a, as a preface to this, Zach, I want you to rest assured that the people at the World um, Economic Forum, are they're thinking ahead. Uh, two weeks ago, we played one of, the, one of the advisors to Klaus Schwab who explained that the world simply doesn't need most people. And that his plan is to put people on, 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 on psychotropic pharmaceuticals and video games and just park them in houses. Uh, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. There's a professor named Dennis Mead. He's with the University of Maryland. He's a World Economic Forum guy. Um, he's a little bit more open about his plan. The planet can support something like a billion people maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, <laughs> which is smart. I wonder if he has anyone in mind for the dictatorship job. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, can you believe that? They're saying it out loud. Oh, no, that's right? the worst part. No, no, he says that we got to get rid of 6 billion people, but he hopes it happens peacefully. Uh, and he hopes that it's equitable, that we all share in the experience of watching 6 billion people die. I didn't see him raise his hand. <laughs> well, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that you have, and, and I'm not going to quote the data because I don't know it, but, you know, what was global population like back in 1980? You know, uh, probably around, what was it, you know, 4 billion, 5 billion people? And so you've almost, doubled the pop, you've almost doubled the population since then. And yet, yes, less people every year are dying from starvation. Less people are dying from sicknesses like malaria. I, I, you, I, I mean, by any standard, well, they're like, it's unsustainable. And you're like, well, yeah, but guys, but if we pivot to nuclear, 
we make some rational changes in farming, it's not unsustainable. It's not unsustainable at all. Here's the other thing that cracks me up. And I'm not a climate scientist, but when, when the population is rising and global temperatures are rising, again, assuming they're not too fast, that creates more areable farming land, right. right? And as the temperature goes up, the world can actually feed more people, not less. Now, right, it's all about, it's all about you know, rate of change and things like that. And I'm not saying that you know, a spike in global temperatures by 3% over a 20-year period of time wouldn't be a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's just, I, I don't know where these people get these numbers. It's just not true. If you look at, uh, I heard a stat one time that you could fit, and don't quote me on this, but it's something like the entire global population could, could fit in the state of Texas and have like 300 square feet of room, right? Yeah. The entire global population. Right. Right. I've, yeah. I've heard the I same, mean, if that's, I've heard the same statistic. I've seen that backed up. Um, I've seen multiple accounts of that. And, and keep in mind that these guys are the same breed of people. I'm not saying Dennis Mead does this, but he's the same breed of human being who wants us to be forced into the cities to make it too expensive for us to commute and to steal our water, et cetera. But it's okay to have huge VIP castles outside of this city because rich people know how to handle the environment, not like a, a stupid rednecks. Um, and again, the Lord sees all this. What I think is such a great gift, Zach, and I want to talk about this at this event. I think the Lord is, uh, I said it yesterday in the podcast, he's given us a pass fail test. So, Hey, here's question. Number one, is that guy nuts? <laughs> right. Question number one, is that guy nuts? Question number two, um, Hey, is, is passing a law to be able to kill a baby at the nine month and one day stage? Is that murder? And, and I think God could have a, a two question test there and it's pass fail. And then at that point, it's department from me. I never knew you. I'm going to embarrass Zach here in a second. I'm going to read an email uh, that someone sent him. I'm going to, I'm going to make him blush because Zach is capable of blushing. Wait till you hear this. This is the email. Someone uh, over at Bulwark Capital Management sent this to me. It's from a, it's a client. I'm going to use the name. By the way, uh, Zach, I don't know if you remember me, but last fall, you were the one that gave me my quarterly update on the phone. You spoke about my E-Trade account and told me to sell my tech and TQQQ. Don't know what that means. I've since invested in mostly energy and short EFTs. I'm up 49% here to date. Thank you. How's that feel to know? Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure that the person uh, with Bulwark who sent this to me had permission to do that. In fact, the name is blanked out. So, uh, how's that feel? No, it's it, it's uh, it's great. I, I I'm a little jealous because we're not up 49 percent here today. <laughs> That's one part um, of his portfolio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, uh, and this is you know it, it goes back to uh, it feels great. I'm really glad that that you know, you see stuff like that, but it, it really is also um, evidence of what, what so many of these people are hearing is, oh, look, you can't time things. You can't, you, you can't, I mean, nobody knows really the date and time that things are going to happen, but you can see when economic environment changes and when economic environments change as violently as they have in the last year and a half, there's a really simple way to reposition assets. And if you know what you're doing and, uh, you know, our portfolio isn't as much. We're about even on the year. All, all, all things, uh, all things said, our average total client portfolio portfolio is about even on the year. Our stock portfolios are down about three because we can't. You know, we're managing retirement portfolios, so we can't be as aggressive as this guy was. But he just basically took our portfolio structure and was a lot more aggressive with it. Um, but the the other thing I want your listeners to hear is. Uh, if you're out there with a 60-40 stock bond portfolio, we've talked about it again. That portfolio is down something like 22 23%, guys. It's only going to get worse. The bonds are killing you. The tech exposure is killing you. And we've been saying this for 10 years, six years on the radio. You've got to get out of bonds. It's just you're going to get killed. Do not listen to what your financial advisor says. And what you know, if you look at it, look at this year. Look at your bond value. Look at your stock value. The reason they told you that portfolio works is because they're going to tell you bonds go up when stocks go down. Okay, what did you see this year? What did you see during COVID? You saw bond losses that were almost as bad as stock losses. 
And that's because interest rates are at historic lows. They only have, the only way they have to move is up. And so when you see that, if, if you're paying somebody, uh, you're paying an advisor a fee and he didn't take that into consideration, I, I don't, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to tell you. And, and it's unfortunate because the people out there are just getting jobbed. You know, it's funny. You just did a better job. Uh, well, obviously it's your company of talking about you are partner than I did. So I was going to do a whole partner announcement. I'm skipping that. I'm just going to say, uh, you can call this guy. You can call his company, Zach uh, Abraham Bulwark Capital Management, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Now I get to read this investment advice cannot be given at the client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor representative, Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. So Zach, um, I want to talk before we wrap today about kind of you give us a heads up on how you're going to approach your time on stage at this event in Little Babylon. I want to share this note with you. Um, Hi, Todd. I initially heard you on Rush, was thrilled when my coworker Jesse told me about your podcast. I'm a mail carrier, so I'm blessed to have the seat time to listen. I've been on board since around episode 50-ish. I had a thought that's eating away, been eating away at me for quite some time. When Donald Trump was in office and the flu was given the name, uh, given the name COVID broke out, I feel DT had the best interest of the country and was eager to fix things. So he got the shot pushed through quickly, not something done in his best interest, but I also don't hold him accountable as he never forced a mandate. Uh, it was each individual's choice. I've chosen to not receive any shots. I've also never gotten the flu, even with the, the name given COVID. Fast forward to, quote, vaccine mandates and now a radical Democrat administration. I've done some Bible reading over the years. Not a lot. The book of Revelation, chapter 13, verses 11 um, through 18, speaks of the mark of the beast. I feel like the COVID shots a method being used to see how many sheep will follow the future plan of implementing humans with the mark of the beast. I hear Zach Abraham and yourself talk about paperless meoni future. I see so many ways implemented already to buy and sell products and goods without money in hand that quite honestly, it's making me a little bit frightened. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Am I crazy to think this way? Faithful, hooked on Bonefrog listener, Colleen, a.k.a. Connie Stack, Gleason, Wisconsin. Is Connie insane? No, she's not insane. But but I do think, and guys, this is my personal opinion. So I think we just, I'll say it again. I've said it a million times and I'll keep saying it. We've got to be very careful when we're talking about faith, politics, and finance. Um, but one of the things I've heard this, I've heard this here over and over and I really understand it. The question I have, and this has helped me so much in my career. The question I have is I have absolutely zero control or knowledge or experience regarding how a paperless cash society would work. And it is pointless to me to worry about it because I think worrying Right, cast your worries on me. I think worrying is pointless because it, it takes our eyes off the things that we actually do control. So to me, it's very simple. What are all of these things that they're trying to do? Let's look at the core of it. What they're trying to do is grab more control over the economy, right? And they are trying to mute out the negative impacts of their largesse, their ridiculous spending, right? If we give, if we just give us more control and, and we can fix the things that we broke, right? Um, and I just continue to say, guys, if you have concerns about stuff like this, which you should, um, you should express those in your investing by buying real assets. That is, that is the only, uh, protection you have. And we don't know how these things will play out. And I will say again, be careful who you listen to because you're going to hear a lot of people with certainty and it's going to sound perfect intellectually. It's going to just sound perfectly lined up. And you're going to be like, this guy's got the prescription, right? Nobody knows. And certainty is the hallmark of the charlatan, right? Just the only guy whose opinion on this matter, on this subject that doesn't matter, is the guy that says he knows exactly how it's going to play out. So <clears throat> focus on what we can control, buy real assets, uh, invest in real assets. And you can do that in the stock market. You can do it in private markets. We're doing it in the stock market and having great success at it. Um, you just... The, there's only so much you can do regarding her, excuse me, regarding her comment about the mark of the beast. Personally, I don't think so. Um, and, and to me, um, to me, the mark of the beast would be something where you are knowingly standing up 
and participating in something that is immoral. And I think it, I, looking at the history of our country and looking at the history of vaccines, um, I just, I don't see that as being the thing. I think there's probably a lot of, I, I know that. I know there is. I know I've got a lot of great clients who were great Christian people that had comorbidities and took the vaccine for pre- precautionary measures. Is that going to be proven to be a good idea or a bad idea? Um, I don't know. I think there's some really, you know, I think there's some very concerning things about the vaccine, obviously. But I don't think that's going to be it. In my, I've always thought about it more as, um, you know, like something that, that, that you know, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I don't, does that mean I'm right? No. Um, I just don't see it as something like that. Yeah. I, I want to just provide equal time to the international banksters. Well, behaviors are going to have to change. And this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. So they're behind the injection diktat passports in China. Uh, they invested in those, and so did Pfizer, by the way, two years before the COVID flu. They started building the infrastructure for vaccine um, injection passports. And here's how I view this, Zach, is I see it as a warm-up act uh, for the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, biblically, is very clear. There's a beast. There's the, 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 the Antichrist and the beast are making many claims. There's great wonders and great signs, and they're also uniquely evil. Uh, and they come out and say, I am the Messiah. But if you were paying attention to the signs, they're also very, very evil. The Messiah is not evil. Then the beast says, you are going to get this mark if you want to buy or sell. Um, and we as Christians and Jesus needers, if we are there, I happen to be happily camped out in the pre-trib world. I happily choose to believe that we, the church, um, the ecclesia are drawn up to the Lord before this. Um, and But the people who are left behind uh, will have to make a decision. Do you take the mark of the beast or not? And I think what the Lord shows us is, hey, um, the decision right now is is an easy one. It is, right? And he's making it easier by day by day. Uh, you could say in, in the tribulation, the decision is going to be really, really easy, except for this. Now the beast has control of the food supply, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you might say, no, no, I'll starve rather than submit to the beast. But that's hard. Most people don't like starving. <laughs> so coming up, um, there is this event. It is it is from this Friday. Um, it's it's the very next Friday. So it's going to be in Bothell Cedar Park Church. It's just east of Babylon, Seattle. Uh, tickets are twenty bucks at the toddhermanshow.com slash events. Zach's company, Bulwark Capital Management, has stepped up to buy a block of tickets. And, and it's six tickets. So next week, you're going to have an opportunity to win tickets. So here's what you need to get ready to do. On Monday, we'll make an announcement. It will go out on the Substack email on how you do this. We're going to make it as easy as possible for you to do this. All you need to do is it's the Todd Herman Show event. That's the hashtag across Twitter, across Instagram, um, on, on Facebook, the Todd Herman Show event. And then name a partner. Use their handle. So Bulwark's handle or Bonefog, this is all going to be in an email next week. That's the one way that you're going to have an opportunity to win tickets to this event, which is all likely going to sell out. I also have bought the first ever round of the only knee we take is to the Lord t-shirts. This will only be at the event, only 100 of them, period, uh, to get started. And um, Abraham's already, I'm, I'm going to give Zach one because he's been such a partner to the show, but he's already agreed to model it. So I'm going to need him to do a bunch of push-ups beforehand, some handstand push-ups. I want to see the, I want to see those uh, those meat hooks, man. That big horseshoe-shaped tricep popping out. So just, you know, but don't go cheap and order a small shirt, just so you can, so, so you can burst out of it. It's the ToddHermanShow.com/events. Um, tell us a little bit about how you're going to approach uh, your time on stage at this event, Zach. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I've, I've got a couple Bible verses picked out that I want to leave with. And then, uh, you know, looking at who America is and, and what ideals that that embodies, because it is so unique. And, and the structure, right, the America that we know is worth fighting for. Um, but also approaching it from a way of saying, you know, here's what can be done, but also here are the risks. And, you know, these are the things that we're up against. And like I said, 
you know, it comes down to a really simple thing in, in my opinion is, you know, there, there is no free lunch and is there a way out? Absolutely. Right. You use the Israelites as an example. You know, how many times did God have to run through a tough time uh, and then bring them back out and just say that, uh, you know, looking at it, is there hope? Yes, I think there is. At the same time, I don't think that that <clears throat> excuses us from the hard times that are up ahead because the bill is coming due. And we as Christians need to focus on, A, how do we benefit slash protect ourselves from that? And then what is the, what is the duty? Assuming that we do that successfully, what is our duty? Our duty is to love and to be, as my wife and I refer to it, as a really good doormat to welcome people into the house. And, and they will know us by our love. And it's going to be tough at times because there's so many times. There, there's, a, there's a Tim McGraw song where he says, sometimes I just wake up fighting mad. You know, it's going to be tough sometimes. But they will know us by our love and be the hands. And the better and the more wisely and the more shrewdly we position ourselves financially, the better position we will be in to really fight back with resources, with help. And they will know us as it always is. They will know us by our love. And, and so that's kind of the direction that I'm going. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to go uh, this direction. Where this morning I woke up at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, I've been wondering how to wrap up my speech. And this morning, uh, 3.30 in the morning, I just woke up. And I th- sat there for a second and said, am I really hearing this? And I was. And then I had my five-minute energy. <laughs> uh, most people call it five-hour five energy. For me, it's five-minute energy. I've got such a caffeine issue. Uh, drank that and then went and got my morning, um, my morning bone frog and really cemented the thought. Um, and my question is, who is America? So I'm going to wrap this up with who is America. I've been asking friends of mine, will God rescue America? Um, my CrossFit coach, she looked me in the eye and she said, no. Hey, that lines up biblically. That lines up biblically. One of the verses I, that I was going to use is, if you will humble yourself and seek my face, I will hear you from heaven and out in your land. Yep. But, but, there's, but there's prerequisites there. Right. Right? There's prerequisites. Yep. And, and that's, I said, so no. She said, no. She said, um, maybe, you know, certainly God will save individuals. America, no. And instantly, she is a patriot. And and her husband uh, has served us three times in combat. Um, And she's a a cop-loving, troop-defending woman of God. So that's her view. I asked a gentleman, a friend of mine, who is also um, served in combat and is currently a cop. And he told me this story. He told me a story of when he served in Afghanistan, uh, that they were on patrol and that his, um, I don't I, I'm, I always try military terminology. I always fail. So the guy in charge, CO, Sergeant, I don't know. The guy in charge, um, said, I got to go back. It's got a message. I got to go back. Um, and and deal with something on, on, on the base. So you guys are in this on your own and put the next guy in charge. Um, extraordinary circumstance, Mark said. This doesn't happen very often. Um, so the guy beats it back to base. Uh, and on the way back, um, this guy was attacked by an ID or hit by an ID. Jeep was. And the Jeep is overturned. There's a firefight. Um, and they, they survived the firefight, but a couple of his guys are going to bleed out. Um, and his background before he served was he was an ER doc. Mm. He was wow. the one guy on that team. I mean, everybody in a team guy position, every, as I understand it, again, I've never served, but as I understand it from talking to team guys, everybody has elementary first aid. Some people have more. Some people can do field surgery, but this guy was an ER doc. He's the one guy that came out of this relatively uninjured aside from a broken leg. He goes over and he treats his, he treats his team members and puts in the call and has them like evac'd and he's evac'd. Here's the crazy thing. So Mark asked him later. So what was the comms? 
that you got that said that you had to go back. And he said, what comms? He said, you said you had comms that you needed to go back. He goes, no, I didn't. Now, chief, we all heard you say (laughs) you had an order to go back. He doesn't ever remember saying that. And they tracked it down and there was no comms. No radio traffic, no text traffic. Somehow it got in his head that I need to go back in this extraordinary way. Right, somehow. The one guy who could save two guys got to go back. And this started a conversation of where could this possibly have come from? They all saw the chief. They all saw him say it. And it wasn't another week before he heard the voice. And he was asleep. He had the broken leg, fitful sleep. And it was a voice who said, I am he who woke you. And at that point, this man recognized the voice of God. So the question then is, did God save he and his team? Or did he save he and his team? Will God save America? So that's what I'm going to ask the question of, well, who is America? So again, the tickets are um, only 20 bucks at the toddhermanshow.com slash events. And it's a great honor to have Zach joining us there and um, bringing some of the Bulwark team and some of the Bulwark clients. I can't wait to meet all of you. Um, so Zach, it's been a great discussion as it always is. And I just ask that you, as always, will go with God's good grace and conquer this COVID <laughs> we're kicking it we're kicking back man thanks for having us it's always always a pleasure zach's radio show is a great one it's at knowyourriskradio.com and uh, you learn a lot just listen to radio He's a teacher at heart oh man i'm excited to see you next week some more shows monday will announce the method you use on social media to win tickets to this event this is the todd sherman show please go be well be strong be kind And let's make a point of listening to that still tiny voice, listening for it or even asking for it to speak directly in your ear. That is the voice of God.